Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome. Great to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Aaron Rubens. Aaron is the CEO and co-founder of a very cool company called Kudo Board. I'm going to dive into that and particularly how it's used in the HR world. But firstly, Aaron, thank you very much for joining me today. And thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Whereabouts are you based? I'm in Chicago. Excellent. Excellent. For people who don't know, Kudo Board is an appreciation tool that your teams will actually use. So it's used across more than 10,000 organizations for special occasions, shout outs, and everything in between. There are different options there, but the one I'm looking at in particular is the Elevate by Kudo Board. So yeah, that's an overview, but do you want to give us firstly, why did you start Kudo Board and what does it do? Who does it help? Sure. So many lifetimes ago, I was a high school math teacher and I you know, ended each year with students writing their names on the center of a piece of paper. And the instructions were to pass it around and each write a nice thing about the person whose paper you received. They had become close over the course of the year. And I didn't think much of it. It was just sort of one of these like closing exercises. But I had several students come to me in subsequent years and indicate like how they kept that piece of paper. It's up on their wall. You know, they never knew people felt this way about them. And it, it really drove home to me the point that oftentimes people need permission to say something nice. And when you give it, something really powerful can happen. And so, again, that was a long time ago, and I ended up going to business school and kind of moving on to Kudo Board. And, you know, it started really as a replacement for the card that's passed around and signed. So if someone's leaving or it's their birthday or work anniversary or whatever else, and you want to create it for them, you can essentially pull colleagues in to wish them well. And, you know, you can get these really beautiful messages from folks, and it is tended to be a very bottoms up thing. So it's not something that, at least in the beginning, tends to start from HR. It tends to start from colleagues saying like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a way to wish John well or wish him happy birthday or whatever else. But over time, it basically spreads across an organization. And eventually, HR does get involved because they want to talk about how do we automate this? How do we look at metrics? How do we drive engagement further? And that's where it's expanded beyond sort of special occasions to things like shout outs, company events, things like that. I love it. And it comes from an idea from many moons ago from your math teaching days. But I think I've still got a collection of that type of feedback from a program I did. I find it every time I reorganize or something like that. And then it gives me a smile. I think it's a wonderful idea. You also have a product development background, I believe, you know, it's evolved that way. So when you're forming it, you know, what kind of analysis or research do you go through to work out how to structure the product and the platform itself? Because you could go in so many different directions, right? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that we try to make core to our DNA is keeping it as simple and easy to use as possible. So the last thing anyone wants is, you know, hey, we're going to have 10 webinars on how to get started with Kudo Board and then, you know, go through a 45 minute setup process. Like you'll lose people before you even start. Yeah. And so one thing we think about is, you know, how do we make this feel like a consumer product where it's super simple, it's super easy, I can get done what I need to get done. And then layer on some of the more advanced pieces around like analytics and data and HRIS systems and that stuff in the background for admins to manage, but for the average user, keeping it like really, really simple. We've tried to make that kind of a guiding principle in product development, which is by adding X new thing, 
are we adding more value than we're taking away in simplicity? Because everything you add, adds complexity. And so that's kind of like the balance that we're always going back and forth on as we're trying to figure out like what to add, what not to add, et cetera. Because it's really easy in the beginning when there's nothing, but at a certain point you're like, well, if we add this, does it take away here? And it becomes more of a trade-off discussion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't really a Simpsons guy, but I remember there was some sort of episode where he was asked to design an amazing car and he just had everything on it with see-through yeah. domes and all kinds of stuff. I don't think it drove or it cost a million bucks to make. So yeah, you can have, what is the call? Feature bloat or product bloat? There's something, there's some term around that you can just go yeah. too far. Yeah, I think feature bloat. I don't think we call it that internally, but it's definitely something that's on our mind of trying to avoid it and keep it simple and keep it something that like, hey, if you want to pay today and launch tomorrow, you can. Yeah. So one of the big competitors for any software company in the world, I think, is Microsoft Excel. So if it's in the HR space and if it's managing staff, timekeeping and things like that, you can just stick stuff into Microsoft. It's not as cool as other things, but you know it'll do. That might be the perspective of some employers, small to medium businesses, or even large. I've seen it happen with massive HR processes being managed by Excel spreadsheets. It's unbelievable. But that's an issue. And so for you, it's fine. We'll go and get a paper card thing. How do you get around that issue and make it, I don't know, get seen differently? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think the actual process of the paper card in the office, I would say was quite a big hassle relative to what you get out of it. So you'd actually have to obviously go and buy the card, but then like secretly pass it around to people without the person seeing it at the end. And then, you know, people would be out of the office or this or that, and then deliver it. And it took a lot of time. And then once folks started moving to remote and hybrid, not only did it take a lot of time, but it became fundamentally sort of not possible. And so then there was a question of like, okay, well now we're spread across X different states, but we're trying to build this cohesive culture. How do we still keep people feeling connected? And you know, the analog option wasn't even really an option anymore. And so that was sort of one of the big turning points was like moving towards this world of hybrid where you know not everyone's gonna be in the office every day, you need these options to still connect people. You know, I think in terms of, to your point, like we will certainly run into companies that are just like, ah, oh, you know, we kind of use Google Slides for this or we use PowerPoint for this. And it's just a pain to actually like create a PowerPoint, you know, yeah. email everyone out and you get their post, you make a presentation. It's like, well, how many hours of someone's day do you want them spending manually doing this when you could do it easily with this product in three minutes? Yeah. And it's just a question of like, where are you investing your resources? So do you see certain use cases or situations that get used more than others? Yeah. So it's kind of like three buckets high level. So there's what we call special occasions. And those tend to be most popular, like birthday, work anniversary, welcome. So like, hey, it's a new employee and they're joining. You want to welcome them to the team and then farewell, whether it's they're leaving the team or retirement, that kind of thing. Those are kind of like the big four within there. But there's a huge long tail of you know, the, the get wells, the maternity leaves, the this, the that, there's all sorts of other ones, but those are kind of the big four. On the event side, it tends to be much more bespoke to a particular organization. So, you know, right now we have a lot of organizations using Kudo board for International Women's Day. And they basically set up a board where employees can come together and kind of either recognize women in their organization or, you know, women who have influenced their lives or whatever the kind of call to action is. And admins can moderate the content and people can tag each other and add likes and comments, all that kind of stuff. So it's more of this event, but those really vary throughout the year. So, you know, some organizations will use it for Pride Month and for Asian American Heritage Month, what all these different things, these kind of like moments that organizations yeah, yeah, yeah. want to celebrate. 
And this gives them a platform to kind of bring people together around it. So it, in that case, moves outside of the card paradigm and more for like, how do we let organizations kind of celebrate these moments that matter? Yeah. yeah. You got me thinking there around change management. So I had a little flashback to when I was an HR manager and I had to do safety audits. So you get literally a clipboard and the piece of paper and you'd walk into a different area of a manufacturing business and I would look for things that they were doing wrong and then I'd write them up. It was a wonderful system. And then I realized, no, no, this is terrible. So all of that stuff has evolved to safe act observations. The concept is you're trying to catch people doing the right thing. And still, it's about someone coming down from on high and catching you doing either good things or bad things. But if you take that to the big picture level for a company, when they're going through change management processes, maybe it's a new CEO and says, oh, well, we've been doing things the old way. Everything's changed. We need a whole new approach. So there's the mission, vision, values, all that stuff. It gets cascaded. But Part of that is trying to change culture and encourage certain values because they used to stick something up on the wall. Here are our five values, you know, honesty, transparent, whatever it may be. But then to reinforce that, you've actually got to do stuff in a practical sense. And I can see this happening, you know, so that if there's a particular element to the vision or certain behaviors you want to drive as opposed to old behaviors, then you might be trying to use something like elevate or kudo board to share, I don't know, acknowledgement of people doing the right things or reward the right kind of behaviors, but you could use it to drive the kinds of behaviors and values that you want to see spread in your organization. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, one of the, say, sort of the blessings and curses of a product like kudo board is it's pretty simple in that, like, you have a board, people can post content to that board, and that can be used for all sorts of things. But to your point, like one use that we do see is how do we reinforce organization values? And we've seen it a few different ways. Like we've seen it where, hey, we're launching a new set of values and we're going to ask people to come together and share different ways that they've seen these values in the organization. But we've also seen it in the ongoing sense where it's like, hey, you know, give your colleague shout outs and, you know, tag values that this kind of represents. And we're going to like choose a few of these each month to kind of highlight or give a prize to or whatever else. So there's all sorts of different ways. And the point is to set something up that's flexible enough so that wherever your organization is at, you can kind of use it to bring people together and celebrate these different, whether it's people or moments or values that kind of make a difference to your organization. Yeah. So what you're doing is helping increase employee engagement, which feeds into reaching business objectives and goals and that has financial impact as well. So you're doing some great stuff. It also makes a nicer place to work and a happier place. And if it is hybrid, then you are connecting people. So you've got a mission there and you're doing some great stuff. What are you doing to grow the company and help get the word out there to get more corporate clients on board? What are you doing to grow and market the business? Yeah. So Kudoboard primarily began as sort of a bottoms up platform. So as we were discussing earlier, kind of adopted by individual employees. And you know what we see now is we have this critical mass of employees at most Fortune 2000 companies, where it's you know at any given one we can look and say, oh, you know, you already have 6,500 employees using this ad hoc, but they don't have single sign-on, they don't have any kind of admin oversight, they don't have automations on, they're not connected to Slack or Teams, they don't have all this stuff that moves it from them working around the system to it being a part of the system. And so one of the big efforts now is to take that sort of bottoms up usage and turn it into kind of more formalized company-wide plans. And it's a delicate conversation because usually when we're engaging, you know, it happens in two ways. One is HR reaches out to us or it can be internal comms. There's a few different departments where it comes from, but they reach out to us and say, hey, we keep running into Kudo board. 
you know, how many people are using it? And they're always a little shocked. And we're like, oh, you know, 18,000 are signed up already. So that's always a little delicate because, you know, it didn't necessarily come from them. But usually folks are really excited because it's like, oh, great. I already know yeah. our people want this. So now it's just a question of like, how do we fit it into the budget and relative to other tools we have and all that kind of stuff. But then we also are now looking more to how do we go to them and kind of not wait for them to come to us, but go to them and proactively share like what that usage already looks like. So, you know, one of our cardinal rules on like the sales and marketing side is we don't want to even think about organizations that aren't actively using Kudo Board because there's wow. millions of people actively using it. So let's just focus there and, you know, the rest will happen when it happens. But, you know, if we're talking to someone on a sales call and they don't already have hundreds or thousands of people in their organization using it, it's probably not a good use of their time or ours. That's very smart. So you're going for the low hanging fruit and it might be very juicy fruit, but it's still, it's there that you've already got thousands or tens of thousands of people using it already. And then that's probably a pretty easy approach to make, is it? To say, we've already got all these people on there. Let's formalize the arrangement. Is that right? Yeah, it can be. I mean, I think we always, you know, in the beginning think it's going to be easier than it actually is. Like, oh, well, <laughs> why wouldn't they want to formalize it? Yeah. You know, it tends to be a few reasons why folks make the move. So, you know, one is that they're kind of rethinking their strategy for kind of appreciation organization wide, and they know it's being used. So like the timing is right to pull it in more formally. It can be driven by security and them saying like, hey, we really need to be on single sign-on. We really need to have admin oversight. We really need to like not have this be kind of a shadow IT thing that's happening, even though we don't know about it. So it can be kind of driven more from IT and security. But oftentimes it's actually driven by there's like a big organization event where they're like, hey, you know, we want to celebrate our 25 year anniversary as a company and it bubbles up. We should use Kudo Board. Our employees are already using it, but now they want to use it very formally to invite all 60,000 people to participate. And once you move into like events like that, usually they don't want it to be kind of this sort of informal people are, you know, paying one off each time and like, let's have a plan. So it tends to be one of those three things. Like there's a change happening anyway. IT is kind of pushing on security or they have this company-wide use case and they want to kind of pull it in more formally. Yeah, I got it. Because I think you mentioned earlier, slightly different focus points or client areas, the HR, but also the internal comms. I can yeah. see that very much being an internal comms thing, 25 years or big new partnership, something like that. That makes perfect sense. And we actually see a lot of that sort of industry specific too. So we work with a ton of healthcare organizations that have like somewhat more specific needs. And so, you know, we now kind of see like, oh, okay, you know, doctor's day is coming up. Here's some best practices for how we see these hundred plus health systems using Kudo board for doctor's day or them using it for nurses day. And so we're realizing that like some of these industry specific focuses let us have more informed conversations with our customers as opposed to being like totally agnostic industry-wide. I just had an idea, an HR idea that we have days for everything at a national level, let's say, or an international level, but you could have an organizational thing as well, like the company-wide day for accounting people and then the company-wide day for marketing staff and then let the company appreciate because that's how you build that culture and create a team. Yeah, brilliant. So I'm imagining things like SEO are probably quite powerful or maybe already tough because you've got some similar but different competitors out there, but they're not doing what you do. Is that true to say? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, challenges for us is we don't fit neatly in a category. So it's not really an e-card, but you can use it as a replacement for the card that's passed around and signed. It's not really a recognition platform. 
in the traditional sense. Like we don't do like point systems and, you know, you redeem your points for rewards and things like that. But it can be used to kind of engage folks in that manner and make them feel valuable. So I think one of the challenges that we face is like, how do we define what this is in a way that resonates and is what people are looking for? while also recognizing that there are these like preset categories out there and you can't totally ignore them in order to be found. So, you know, I think it's something we're still figuring out, but it kind of goes back to again, like, hey, we've got millions of people using the platform. So let's try to focus on like nurturing them, engaging them more so. And, you know, the biggest way we get people is when I create a board for you, for your retirement, I invite 50 other people to participate. So that's 50 people that Uh just got invited to participate who have maybe never seen it before. And so when we think about like how it spreads across organizations, it tends to be that essential viral mechanism built into the product itself. And so like anything we can do to make that more powerful, easier to share, it's similar to GoFundMe in that way. Like it spreads by people essentially sharing it out and inviting large groups of people to participate. Nice. It'd be great to try and get some of the feedback from them, whether that through surveys or user discussions or use case feedback, because that'd be really powerful, right? Totally. No. And we're always, I think we've done a good job of getting feedback on like the first use and how to like make the first use easier. But now we're trying to think of like, Hey, how about the 20th use or the 50? Like how does it work and get better even when you're like using it on a much more ongoing yeah. basis? Or how to convert it to a corporate product or corporate sign up account. Yeah. There are other e-card services out there or there are gamified platforms and things like that. But when they're points driven, sometimes that might take the fun out of it. If you accumulate enough points, you'll get to be rewarded for something. And it sounds a bit like an election trying to get people to, you know, vote for me or give me some feedback so I can get a card. Whereas this probably feels more authentic. Exactly. And we try to use that, that language a lot around, Hey, this is about authentic appreciation. You're not, you know, I'm giving you 10 points and you give me 10 points. And and I think the point systems and platforms can be really great and powerful. It just requires the right culture already in place. Otherwise, it can kind of get abused. And I think that, you know, we've tried to very specifically like stay away from performance management and say like, hey, if you're looking for a platform to give performance reviews and feedback and whatever else, like, yeah, you could theoretically take a board here and add feedback. But like, that's not what this is. This is meant to be this like authentic appreciation, celebration, like setup, as opposed to something that's more, you know, extrinsic or performance-based in nature and try to kind of like draw that line. So we do get questions sometimes about like, oh, could we have like a leaderboard and this and that? And it's always something that we like debate yeah. on the roadmap. And then we kind of, you know, that's just not not what this is meant to be. And we kind of push it back or say that I don't think we're going there. Yeah, I think that's important to do that. So to round things out, I'm curious, what has worked well for getting the word out there and generating new business and perhaps what has not worked well? And then what's your advice to other companies in the HR space on how to grow easier or faster? Yeah. I mean, the thing that has been surprising to us is, you know, most uses of Kudo Board are internal. So, you know, it's an internal company holiday, or you're creating an internal company shout out board or, you know, someone's birthday in the company. And that's great. And they'll invite people in the company to participate, but it stays very cloistered. What we've found is that there are certain uses for our product where it ends up being much more external in nature. So an example is the Cleveland Clinic set up a board to elicit kind of appreciation for caregivers from the community. So patients, stakeholders outside of the organization themselves could post notes of appreciation. And in that case, it was much more public facing. 
because they wanted it to be, you know, public and they yeah. promoted on their social media and this and that. And we found that when organizations are willing to use the product sort of publicly and engage with external stakeholders outside of, then that has been a huge boon in terms of spreading the word. So we have another one right now, like the Carter Center, you know, created a board for Jimmy Carter and his family as he moved into hospice a couple of weeks ago. And they said, hey, we have thousands of people looking to give him well wishes. They had used it for his birthday each of the past few years, and they wanted to create sort of like more of a somber well wishes. And, you know, they've gotten 20,000 plus people that have participated and wow. have been able to spread it really wide. And so those kind of uses where it is much more public in nature tend to be really vibrant. And it actually tends to be more on the comm side rather than the HR side. So HR finds out about it because there are these like external comms events happening in other organizations. And they're like, oh, I like what they're doing. We should do that too. And that's been some of the more successful efforts of late for us. Brilliant. Anything that hasn't worked so well? Oh yeah. Lots of stuff that hasn't worked. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing on our mind is Kudo Board can be really delightful the first time you get one, but how do we keep it still delightful the 10th time? And it's the same with if you're passing around a card. If you only did it once, it's fine. But if you're, you know, being asked a few times a month, it can become a little routine. And so I think one of the things we're like constantly playing with is like, how do we still keep this sort of novel and fun and something that people don't look at as just one more task they need to do? And so there's a lot of different experiments we've run, and I'd say 80% of them have failed. Yeah. And every once in a while, something we do succeeds. And we're like, oh, this seems to get more engagement, or people give better feedback when we do this. And so we're going to double down on it. But we more often fail than succeed when we're trying to like make things more engaging. And a CEO, how does that feel, the failure side? Yeah, I mean, if we weren't failing on a bunch of our experiments, then we're probably not being ambitious enough and creative yeah. enough. I'm encouraging. I think, you know, if we go a whole year and every single experiment failed, like we need to rethink. But I am perfectly comfortable with a reasonably high failure rate, recognizing that, you know, when we started and it was nothing, things mostly worked because you go from nothing to something, usually that's better. But once you have something and it's kind of replacing or changing, a lot of times the change is going to be worse than the original and you just kind of kind of accept it and be able to measure it and then then move on. Yeah, I think that's great. And I mean, it's classic marketing, isn't it? Split test, track the results, keep what wins and ditch the underperforming one, then keep moving on. But I love the fact that you understand that that's the process and there will be successes, there'll be failures in any marketing process. Absolutely. Yep. Any final advice to other companies on how to grow either easier or faster? I often think I know which things are going to win and which aren't. And I am often proven incorrect. <laughs> so <laughs> I think to the extent that you can allow like more voices to drive what those tests are going to be and have an open mind, I think as long as you're measuring it and can get it out pretty quickly and figure out if it works or not, I've been surprised at things like, oh no, there's no way. And then it turns out to be really positive. And then other ones where I'm like, how oh, this seems worse. So I guess it just goes to show that you know, the more you measure, the more you'll probably surprise yourself in terms of what actually works and what doesn't. I love it. So wait, a former maths teacher is saying rely on the data. This is... <laughs> I know. Mind's blown, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's fantastic. And what's the phrase? I think it's hippo, highest income person's opinion. So that usually it's the boss in the room and we'll do it my way or the highway. And then it sounds like they could be missing out on things because, you know, you expect... In a split test, let's say version A will win. In fact, B wins and you're being open to that. You're letting the data tell the story. I think that's fantastic. If people want to learn more about either Elevate by Kudo Board or Kudo Board itself, what should they do next? Yeah. So the easiest way is, you know, if you go to kudoboard.com slash business, you can start a free trial of Elevate, which is the sort of business focused product. 
and you know there's 30 days to play with it, use it however you want, and then go from there. So that's often easiest if you have a smaller team. If you have a larger team, we have you know an enterprise inquiry forum, and you can reach out, and we'll have one of our sales folks hop on the phone and do a demo and all that kind of good stuff. Brilliant. If you're listening to this and you're looking for ways to embed cultural change or whatever it is that you're working on in your client companies, then this may be an option to help embed that, spread the right culture and get that positivity back. I think it's brilliant. Aaron, well done on all you've achieved and I wish you all the best for the future. And thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it today. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.